You're listening to a podcast from St. Benedict's Table, a congregation of the Anglican Church of Canada, located in Winnipeg, Manitoba. I'm your host, Jamie Howison. This podcast is the first in an occasional series of conversations between me and Andrea Chalet, currently living in Ukraine and working for the Mennonite Central Committee. You'll hear more about that as the podcast goes on. Andrea first came to us sometime around 2013, and then from 2017 until the beginning of the pandemic, worked for us as our Sunday volunteer coordinator, trying to get all of the people into place who needed to be in place on a Sunday night for the liturgy, and often filling in the vacant spots herself. She's also a politically engaged person. She ran for the Green Party, both provincially and federally, in 2019, and maintains a strong set of commitments around good environmental practice and fair politics. This is our first conversation together since she moved there in the summer, and I anticipate many more over the coming three years. Andrea Chalet, it is good to be able to talk to you in this way across the ocean and most of a continent here and most of a continent there. Where are you in Ukraine and what's the time difference? Right now I am in Zaporizhia, which is in the southern region of Ukraine. Right now in this tiny little window of time, it's six hours ahead. Something to always just keep on top of. Thankfully, technology lets me know where people are at, what time zones they're in. That's good. That's good. And uh, what was it that took you to Ukraine in the first place? I mean, I know you're working for Mennonite Central Committee, but that's, that's a huge decision to make and a process to go through. Tell me, tell us about that. It was a long process that was happening long before I was aware of it. One of the things that kind of confounded me about the whole process, I remember last Christmas, uh, after last Christmas, I got into this zone where I just became very obsessed with learning about my Ukrainian heritage. I just spent a lot of time online researching things like the region that my family may have come from and looking at pictures of the scenery and investigating embroidery patterns. And I even asked my sister if she wanted to go to Ukraine with me post-COVID. Didn't know how I would get there or how I'd pay for it or anything. I just felt like I needed to maybe visit Ukraine at some point. And at that point in time, I was beating myself up a bit because I felt like I was wasting a lot of time just kind of obsessively researching this other part of the world. And then I decided to stop beating myself up over it. I just decided to accept that maybe that's what I needed to do at that point in time and uh, just kind of moved on from it. And then a couple months later, I saw the post for this position with MCC in Ukraine. So, I, of course, I applied. It just seemed like a really good fit. And the day I submitted my application, I just felt the urge to start packing a suitcase not that I felt like I absolutely was going to get this particular position. It just seemed to make sense that that's what I needed to do at that time. So I started packing a suitcase. The interview uh, went very well. I felt completely myself. 
and I felt good about it. Not that I felt confident I got the position. I just felt I represented myself well. And then when the, the volunteer position offer came, you know, I wanted to be prudent and wise and think it over. But at that point, it just felt like the most natural next step. Like it was just what I needed to do at that point in time. So it's a little bit funny with COVID because people don't always see the process you're going through. And so I imagine for many people, it was a bit of a shock to just find out, oh, hey, Andrew is going to Ukraine. I think it was a shock. <laughs> but for me, it was a, an ongoing process over several months. Uh, and yeah, because of COVID, people don't, didn't really get to see much of those journeys that happen you know, behind COVID doors sort of a little sidebar here, but it was a couple of years ago in the context of the artist residency that you did Ukrainian Easter eggs and, uh, and you sort of workshopped and taught people and worked with people. And it was a neat event. Where along the line was that discovery connected to your exploration of your Ukrainian roots? I think that was a part of the whole journey that brought me to Winnipeg, actually. So now we can go back you know, nine years or so, because going to Winnipeg, where my Ukrainian ancestors first settled when they when they left Ukraine, has been a way of me reconnecting with my Ukrainian roots. So even when I was going through a bit of an obsessive period last Christmas, a part of me still felt like it was tied to this sense of being in Winnipeg and connecting with my my roots there. I think it all kind of fits into this this bigger journey. And for me, it also kind of fits into my own process of reconciliation that people in Manitoba are definitely experiencing. But for me, coming from a, a settler background and realizing this is me reconciling with my own history, my own family history, I've come full circle now in, in some senses of familiarizing myself with my my deeper roots. Tell me about life in Ukraine right now. I mean, I, my understanding is that the covid um, lockdown is was maybe is maybe a little bit more severe than it's been here. So there's that, and al- and also just learning your way into deeper into that culture that you are familiar with from this side of the uh, this side of the Atlantic. I'd have to say it's a little bit strange. I mean, COVID is definitely much more a present reality here in Ukraine. Ukraine has one of the lowest vaccination rates in all of Europe. And they've had a very strong hesitancy towards vaccinations long before COVID. So this isn't a misinformation thing or anything like that. This is definitely a much more deeper cultural thing here. But in terms of lockdown, they're nowhere near as strict as Canada was. So for me, it's a strange thing of knowing that we are in a red zone and all the instincts that I built up while in Canada and how we should behave and react that's a completely different context to the reality here. So I've had to sort of adjust my expectations of what I can realistically expect in the context that I'm in. And because I, I personally am vaccinated, realize just letting go some of that, of just some of my own personal perspective on things and just sort of accepting the context that I'm in has been a part of that process. Okay. Where are you living? Who are you living with? I was offered the opportunity to spend my first few months with a host family. It's uh, I always love 
every chance I get to stay with local families, no matter where I travel. So for me, I, I jumped on the opportunity. I'm in a, a very lovely house in what would be considered a suburb. Uh, the family has, you know, two parents, three kids. The oldest is uh, now married and lives in their own apartment. And the parents live in an apartment that's attached to the house, the grandparents. Okay. And yeah, it's a very lovely family. They're very experienced in hosting foreigners. So they know what to do. How much English is spoken in that household? A lot, which doesn't help my Russian learning, but definitely helps me <laughs> figure out what's going on. Uh, Russian is not an easy language to to pick up. So in, in some ways, I'm I'm kind of grateful that their English is so good. Yeah. Are, are you actually picking up some Russian? Like, are you beginning to get a sense of how it works and making your way? Absolutely. I've been here about two months now. I've been taking Russian language lessons. Um, also, several years ago, I did briefly spend a couple of months in, in Moscow learning Russian. So I had at least a familiarity with the Cyrillic language and some basics for survival, which I pretty much all completely forgot, but it comes back to me sometimes. And so I feel like I'm getting some foundations. To do Russian well, it will take a really long time. I've met a couple of other of the foreigners here, because there's not many of us, so we all tend to know each other. One has been here for 13 years and she says that the locals can usually pick her out for, she still has an accent. And the other has been here for, I believe over 30 years. And the locals say, you know, he, he speaks Russian fluently, but that's, he's been here a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think of folks who have emigrated to Winnipeg from other points in the world and, Usually with the first generation, you still hear a pretty strong accent. So realistically, if you're trying to learn Russian there, you're probably going to speak with an accent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's okay. I mean, that's probably just okay. Yes, I'm not too worried about being fluent. Uh, because my, my job is a little bit different too, in that a lot of my work is actually going to take me around Europe. Uh, it's just my living will be mostly be in... Ukraine, but my job will is actually connected to organizations and groups all across Europe, including Ukraine. So, so tell us I about will, that job. Yeah. What, 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 what are you there to do? So the best way that I've been able to sum it up is that I will be walking alongside organizations and communities to help them develop their capacity to deliver peace-related initiatives and programming. The actual job description was quite, what's the best word, ephemeris maybe, in that there's a lot of ideas that are put together and with the idea that I will figure it out as I go. There's an identified need, there's identified areas in which I could be pursuing this job or this position, but it will be refined as I go about doing the work. So I love that type of work. I love the fact that it isn't cast in stone defined and I can kind of see what doors open and go through them. That to me is one of the things that made me think, Oh, this, this is sort of a perfect position for me to uh, step into. 
there's got to be a fair bit of trust on the part of the Mennonite Central Committee when they they you know accepted you for this position and and got you there to sort of say and we actually believe that Andrea has got the stuff to uh, to do some of that position initiative and inventing and so on. And thankfully, my supervisors remind me all the time that that is precisely what they believe. I know there have been times where I would have that sense of, I can't believe I get to do this. Uh, you know, am I good enough for this position? Or I'll get involved or I'll get overwhelmed by just the amount of possibility that this position could take. And, and I'll think, oh, there's no way I can do it all. But then I, I go back to what my supervisors remind me of is that they did choose me for this position. And the way MCC does their hiring is they, they do pay a lot of attention to things like character and, and personality and right fit. So I have to trust in that process to give me the confidence to go and do what I feel I'm called to do at this point. And now it's just two months in, so there's been a lot of adapting and the, the beginnings of Russian and all those kinds of things. Are you chipping into the position? Are you inventing your way into the new future uh, at this point, or are you still really in a, in adapting phase? Have you traveled at all yet, or are you really got to stay put for right now? I think... Th- the big focus over the past couple of months has been on the learning side of things. So learning language, learning on what has happened before, what's come before me, learning new processes, meeting all the basic people that are going to be core to my work for the next few years, attending a lot of conferences and things like that. And I, I think what adds to that is COVID because it's fairly easy to attend online conferences. It's much harder to go in person to go out and meet some of these people at this point in time. So the focus has primarily been learning, but I feel like I've started to step out and kind of just test myself in the position. It feels like a pretty natural and organic process so far at this point, but uh, at other times it still does feel a little overwhelming, but I think that's natural when anyone starts a new job. Yep, absolutely. And a new job halfway across the world brings its own challenges. I mean, you didn't just move to Regina. You, you, you did move <laughs> to Ukraine. So, but, uh, Thankfully, Ukraine uh, has really good chocolates, which I totally uh, did not know ahead of time. So if I do get stressed out, I can always go find some really good chocolate. That was actually something I was going to ask you next. Like, so what's been the bonus thing that has popped up, whether that's that's food or whatever? But so you you jump to an answer before I ask the question. <laughs> Chocolates, anything else that is been has been a kind of something you particularly relish or have delighted in or been wonderfully surprised by? I mean, a good food culture was something I was expected just because the diaspora in Canada, the Ukrainian diaspora in Canada, always seems to center around food. So that I was almost expecting the quality of the chocolate I was surprised by. I think one of the things I I really like here is I just, I really love the people I've gotten to interact with so far, whether it's my coworkers, 
the people at the the church I've been attending, just some of the people I meet. Like I, I think it's God given. I just feel like this overflowing outpouring of love for pretty much everyone I meet right now. And I've really been treasuring those relationships. So you can wish me luck this Friday. I'm going to, I'm planning to invite a handful of women over just for a small time of fellowship, which is tricky during COVID, but we'll see how it goes. But yeah, it's going to be my first attempt to try and host a gathering of people Ukrainian style. Oh, good for you. What church are you attending? The one I've been going with my host family. It's a Baptist church. And one of the things I, I do really like about it is they're very attentive at trying to make sure that people's needs are met. So they actually have a deaf community that is a part of the church. They they do outreach to various groups who might not normally get reached out to. And they always make sure that I have an English interpreter so that I can understand what's going on. Good, so they're very good. attentive to those, to those details. So if on the one hand you arrive in Ukraine, you discover this wonderful chocolate and then are relishing the, the, uh, the food culture that is, you know, anybody who's ever been to Ukrainian home or restaurant here knows food is important. And you have really felt embraced and welcomed and carried in by the people. What do you miss from here, whether that's a, a food thing or a cultural thing or a people thing? I do miss coming to St. Benedict's table on Sunday evenings. Uh, that's a ritual I deeply cherish. And right now, those services broadcast at 3 a.m. for me, which is not quite doable even for an night owl like me. Uh, yeah. I miss, <laughs> I miss my cat. Uh, there's times I do miss her. And um, I, I do miss my community in Winnipeg. Uh, it's that's not better or worse. It's, it's just... You know, it's the community I knew. So there's times when I think about it and be like, oh, it's such a lovely group of people. Uh, yep. And back to the chocolate and culinary culture there. If you went into a grocery store today, what would be the one thing that you wish was there but isn't? Oh, that's a good question. There are probably a few foods, and I probably can list them off at some point. They're not all coming to mind right now. But my friend Jess one time made caramel popcorn for our movie nights. And apparently you can't get brown sugar here, which is an essential ingredient for caramel corn. It would be. So I will be missing that once her supply runs out. There'll probably be other things, but it will ask me again after I, I live out in my own apartment, because I think it will hit me a lot more then that there are certain things I'm, I'm not able to find. I'll bet you. I'll bet you. So brown sugar is just not a thing. Getting a good demerara, that's like a nice sticky demerara, is just not a thing here. Okay. I think you can get a white sugar where molasses has been added back into it, which is a type of brown sugar. It's a bit more processed. I mean, it's the kind of thing that when you travel, you just discover, oh, oh, right, huh. And... uh there's something good in it in that I, I find that it throws a, an interesting curve ball 
that reminds us of our cultural uh, specifics. At the same time, it's kind of like, oh man, would I ever like that brown sugar? <laughs> I try to embrace it wherever I am because every time I've been abroad, there's always been things I've missed from those places. From Indonesia, it was their water spinach, most delicious vegetable ever. And after my time in Russia, I would have cravings for cream-filled pastries because they were everywhere there. So I find that, yeah, wherever you go, there's going to be something unique in that food culture and to just kind of embrace it for what it is. So there will be things I will miss from Ukraine for sure at some point. So I might as well savor what's here while I'm here. That's a great attitude. Um, I want to, I want to do this with you from time to time, every few months, and we'll, we'll learn more about what you're doing and what you've discovered, whether it's about grocery stores or the work you're doing as you transition out into your own apartment. But in the meantime, Andrea, I know there are people who want to keep in touch. They want to know more. They want to have a sense of, of where you are. We see you come in at evening prayer relatively regularly. And, uh, and I, I know people are curious. So what's the best way for folks to keep in touch? At this point in time, I think the best way to keep in touch is to join my email list. Uh, contact Jamie and he can give you the contact information for that. And that's where you'll get sort of the deeper inside scoop of what's happening. When you email me, just ask to be on my email list and indicate whether or not you want prayer request type information so I can categorize that properly. And people are always welcome to reach out to me on Facebook as well or any other social media or email me. That's fine too, but definitely get on my email list. In the, uh, in the, show notes on the website and also in the outro after we say goodbye i will just add in my email address and uh, hopefully people will join because i think it's i think it's i think it's marvelous and gutsy what you're doing and i think it's just really important for us to follow you in uh, whatever way we can and stay connected i deeply appreciate that it's one of the things that I earnestly feel every day is that I feel thoroughly supported by my home community and it really means a lot to me. So thank you so much. uh, And thank you to everyone who's listening because it really does make a difference. Well, that's good to hear. Andrea, this has been fun. We will do it again in another month or two. And uh, I'm, I'm actually kind of intrigued to hear what your experience of Christmas will be there. So maybe that's the next target date. It's been fun, Andrea. We will talk again. Perfect. Look forward to it. Thanks. Well, that was a little bit of a look into what's going on for Andrea in Ukraine. It's an adventure. It's an adventure to be sure, but she's never been somebody to shy away from adventures. When you start to talk with her about the traveling she's done and the work she's done, it's really quite extraordinary. I'd invite you to visit the show notes where you'll find a link back to a web post with some photographs as well as some other information on what Andrea is doing and how you can be in touch. I'd like to thank Steve Bell for providing music for this podcast. We appreciate Steve and Signpost Music's permission to do that. It just helps so much 
in making these sound good, so Steve a nod. It'll probably be sometime around Christmas time where we'll do the second of these podcast conversations with Andrea, so stay tuned. I'm your host, Jamie Howison. Thanks for listening.